Hello, hello, welcome again to another edition of the Green Bitch Podcast. That that is AJ with his Brady jersey. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Bitch. And this is episode, I think, six now of the Green Bitch Podcast. So the Super Bowl is now in our review mirror. In case you haven't heard, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl yesterday. Brady has now played his 10th Super Bowl. He has um, won seven rings. And yeah, I mean, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Congratulations to Tom Brady and the rest of the team. I am not even going to delay the inevitable. Go ahead, AJ. Tell the people who you got to tell them about. Well, your boy. Well, well, you know what? It was a good day. It was a, it was a good weekend. No, it wasn't a great sporting weekend because, I mean, I'm still an Arsenal fan, so, you know, but that's another discussion for another day. But I, I, I don't even know where to start here. There's so much, there's so much to dive into, Ken. But you know what? First of all, let, let, let me just say I'm a fan of sports before any above anything else, right? Fan of a sport as, as opposed to like sport above team. So it 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 filled me with joy mm-hmm. that the, the man who is responsible for me being an avid supporter of this sport was able to further cement his legacy. Very first statement, right? The goat mm-hmm. conversation is over. It is over. It is over. There is no Mahomes coming back or he's going to be the greatest. Mahomes will be great. He will be one of the top all time, greatest all time. Whatever number, top two, top three, whatever you want to put. There is no, there is not going to be anyone greater than Tom Brady after that. And and I, I just wanted to start there, but let me be very fair. To go back to last week, one of the things I told you that that I was looking out for was Tampa Bay's defense. Most importantly, was Tampa Bay's defense, right? And as much as it was expected that whichever quarterback won, the winning quarterback, uh, let me put it this way, would be the MVP. The real MVP of that game, and I and we both agreed this in our chat last night, the real MVP of this game was Todd Bowles. It was Todd Bowles. Because to be able to hold the Chiefs without a touchdown for the entire game, and it wasn't it wasn't even a fluke. It wasn't like, yeah, they, you know, they, they left points on. Listen, these men were bruised, beaten, and battered for the entire game. For the entire... See what, and see what I told you? See what I told you? Shaq Barrett, my guy. Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett and JPP coming off of those as... I... I don't even know how to structure this right now. There's so many thoughts going through my mind at this point. Because in addition to them, it was the secondary as well. Like, we didn't see Tyreek Hill for the entire game. And, and Travis Kelsey still had over 100 yards. But it, it just seemed, it seemed like, as we say, like empty calories because it eventually amounted to absolutely nothing. But he was the most effective receiver on the team. Um, Tampa Bay's defense, no, the defense, the defense, the defense, and and 
I know, I know there's there is the, the, the temptation to come right now and say, oh, there was some questionable calls and uh, the holding and it was soft. And yeah, I don't, I ain't trying to hear all of that. I'm, I ain't trying to hear any, any of that today because at the end of the day, Tampa Bay with a more prepared team, they were the better coached team on the day. And they were, they just in, 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 the, in the grand scheme, in the completeness, the, the totality of everything. They were the team more prepared for this game. And it, as I mentioned in another chat that you're also in, it was kind of it was kind of annoying, for want of a better word to me, to hear Andy Reid say, um, well, they did some stuff that we didn't expect. I'm like, what did they do differently that to what they have been doing the entire playoff? In in terms of in in the overall, and not not like minute details, but they pressure the quarterback, they've been doing that. The, the the um I mean I, I I feel like you would expect like Tyreek Hill to be not in Monica Ridge but like so what I, I I'm just I'm just kind of lost as to what and what it was that Andy Reid wasn't expecting and for to to break it down to to one specific instance right and I, I can't blame this on on bad coaching this was just bonehead defending but so my wife is sitting down next to me. God bless her soul. Love that woman. She's sitting down next to me and she's like in, in, into the game as much as I am. You know, She's into the game as much as I am. And before the half, I told her, look, Tom Brady's going to take a deep shot uh, on, this, on this last possession. He's going to take a deep shot. I explained to her what, what that was and why, why I said so. No and behold. Well, and, and let, me, let me ask you a question while I'm here. Did that surprise you when they took that shot? You're talking about the one that Brilliant got called for? Okay, yeah. No, that did not surprise me. Ken, I feel like if, if you and I know this, sitting here without any sort of coaching badges or degrees or any any sort of, of yeah, any, any, any sort of coaching athletes, n- nothing like that. How is it that they didn't seem prepared? So you, 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 it's like a known fact that they take that shot. So... It, it gives the, the receiver, and especially, and you know it's going to be all right, it's going to be some kind of guru uh, uh, on, on one of the flags. Usually is on the left as well, right? So so if they, if we know that, how, why were they not prepared? Why was Rashad Breeland beaten? Listen, and that guy, that guy is no good. He's no good. He's no good. And you know what? I, I feel like there's, there's so much more to unpack it. I just... I, I I want to I want to let you speak because I can speak for the entire show about this game. I can speak for the entire show about what I saw. But let me let me just sum it up. Like I said, Tom Brady is the greatest to ever play this game, and there's no doubt about it. No, I don't see anything that Mahomes could do short of winning seven in a row and possibly going to another team and then taking that team to a Super Bowl and winning it in the first season. I can't see anything that Mahomes could do that could pass him now. Todd Bowles is the M- real MVP of the game, and Tampa Bay are well-deserved winners. And shout out to the entire city of Tampa Bay too. I mean, they, they want win the Stanley Cup. They get beaten by the Dodgers, but that's that's expected. But to to make three finals and have two in a in a in a year, that's impressive. Shout out to Tampa Bay and TB12. TB12. We'll live on. Let, let, let me let you go, bro. We we'll we'll continue. I'll jump in at, at points. Go ahead. So, yeah, so as you said, we must salute Champa Bay. 
because that was that was the name that they were um, being called ahead and into this game. Um, and the fact that they were the first team to host the Super Bowl in their own stadium and win it, that is no small feat. My allegiances are well known by now. I'm a Saints fan, first and foremost. And as a Saints fan, of course, it does not really give me any great joy to see another team in my division be the one to lift the Super Bowl when I thought that we would have had a good chance. To, to their credit, nobody can take anything away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because it's not as if to say that they had a kick walk to the title. They, they beat the Washington football team, which had a top 10 defense. Then they beat my Saints at home, having lost to them twice in the regular season. They go to Lambeau Field and beat Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. And as you mentioned, the, the stats last night, if you only look at the bot score, it probably does not give you a full picture as to exactly how dominant that defense was last night. When you see uh, Mahomes went 26 for 49, 270 yards. For most quarterbacks, that's actually not too bad a stat line. However, that's a, that's a good game for most. For most. <laughs> well, that's at least a decent game for most. There you go. But two interceptions, zero touchdowns. I saw a meme that said that the only touchdown that the Kansas City Chiefs had was when they played touchdown at the airport. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it was bad. No, Tom Brady, on the other hand, he had 21 of 29 for 201 yards. So, under normal circumstances, you know, I would come here now and tell you, but your man ain't really do, he ain't really do that much. However, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. I think he only got sat once last night. So, when you look at the, the QBR, his QBR was 81.8. His rating was 125.8. He he was efficient. He he did what he had to do, whereas Mahomes's QBR was forty nine point nine and his rating was fifty two point three. This is the first time as a professional that Patrick Mahomes has been held out of the end zone. It's the first time that the Kansas City Chiefs, while he is quarterbacking, has lost a game by more than seven points. the 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 Buccaneers the Buccaneers did they did it all. And as much as it pains me to say, they are worthy champions of this NFL season. I'm not repeating it. You heard it the first time. If you didn't hear it, you've got to hit play <laughs> after we finish this part. <laughs> now, one of the things that, as you said, that the that um, Andy Reid had mentioned that he said that he wasn't ready for, he wasn't prepared for that that particular deep shot and being well coached and stuff. One of the major things that I recognized pretty early on in the game that would have affected the Chiefs and the Chiefs game plan and they clearly had no answer for it. Tampa Bay was playing cover two almost the entire yeah. game. Yeah. At no point in time did I ever see them play single high safety in that game. Now, I will say this too. If somehow the Buffalo Bills had gone into the Super Bowl, 
they would have gone and beat him worse. Because the main reason that you can afford to play two deep safeties and whenever you see them looking to go for a deep shot, like I saw on so many plays, the corner that was covering wherever Tyreek Hill was, all he did was sprint to the safety line and stop and turn around. Because he they're not looking for you to have to be able to run the ball. And it was evident again that the inability to effectively run the football was the problem. Teams do not play two high safeties against the Tennessee Titans because Derrick Henry is going to run the ball 50 times that game. So if you could run the football, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was able to really get going, if uh, Darrell Williams was able to, to really push something, we never saw Le'Veon Bell. He was active and he, he didn't take the field last night. So if they were able to run the ball, maybe the game goes differently because then you can't just stick your two safeties in the back and just say, well, we're taking away the deep shot. And further to that, no, you talked about JPP, you talked about Shaq Barrett and all that sort of stuff. And I made mention of Patrick Mahomes' playmaking ability, even when he's under duress, because they expected him to be under duress. What I did, we did not, yeah, we, we, we said so, yeah. Mm-hmm. What I did not expect, however, was that he would be under duress to the point where I saw a stat which said that Patrick Mahomes ran a total of four yards behind the line of scrimmage, even before that. he can get the ball out of his 98 yards. He had. He had he had more yards running for his life than everybody else had the entire game, and it is impossible to do anything at all in the NFL if you don't have protection. And, and did you also see the, uh, the the fact that he was pressured twenty nine times, which is a Super Bowl record as well, with the most pressures on a QB in a Super Bowl game. That is, but that's ridiculous. Like, how... It is. It is. And, 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 and it, uh, again, it kind of goes back to something I mentioned. I was worried for... Worried... I use the term worried loosely, obviously, because I picked Tampa Bay. But mm-hmm. worried in, in the general sense for um, the Chiefs with because of, of the two O-linemen that were missing. I, I did mention that to you, and I said, I, mm-hmm. I feel like those are, are going to be big losses, and I feel like they proved to be. Yeah, it, it definitely did. Because from I I heard it in the broadcast last night when he said that losing Eric Fisher the left tackle caused a three position shift in the offensive line. Yeah. The right yeah. tackle had to go over to left tackle, then you had to bring a guard and put him at tackle. You had to bring somebody else in then to play his position. We have a friend who who talked about I can't remember the lineman's name now, that used to play for the Carolina Panthers that is reported to be, according to him, this is not my words, he was a backup in Kansas City. And he played like a backup last night. I My whole thing was, if Kansas City's offensive line was able to hold up against a rush of four, it would force then Tampa Bay to have to bring an additional rusher to try right. to get to Mahomes and put pressure on him. But 
the four men were doing it up front. And if you have four men doing it up front, then there's no time for the roads to develop in the back. And then all you have is Mahomes scrambling all and over the field. dominated the line of scrimmage on both, on both ends. <laughs> on both sides of the ball, they just dominated the line of scrimmage, to be quite honest. Yep. Now, I know you say you don't want to hear nothing about the rest, right? But I am the one that has hold the rest feet to the fire on this podcast because when I see the refs do things that I don't understand or I don't agree with, I mean, they deserve to be called out. So, to be fair, Kansas City's secondary, they're a little too handsy. They like to touch you, they like to hold, they like to grab. Tony Romo made mention of that last night too. He, over was- and over and over again. Mm-hmm. However, I can, it brings back to memory the... I think it was the NFC Championship game where you basically didn't have flags for the majority of the game. They just let the guys play for the majority. And it's only when it was like really blatant, really egregious, then we got some flags. That wasn't the case last night. The men were, the men were playing this other case if it was too high touch. So we made, you made... tight from the off though. I, they were kind of tight from the off. It wasn't... It wasn't a let them play kind of thing. It was, all right, yeah, this is going to be a, a tight game, so just don't do foolishness. And I, I feel like the Chiefs secondary just could not make the adjustments. They just couldn't, and, and they were getting in their own way. Uh, um, Tampa Bay's offense was in them, living rent-free. Tom Brady was rent-free in Honey Badger's head for the entire night, for the entire night. Do not even get me started on him, <laughs> because... I, I don't have a problem with a man having some fire. I have no problem with a guy being, you know, Agreed. expressive or whatever. <clears throat> However, the guy <clears throat> certain things, like, you got to earn it, though. You have to earn the right to do whatever or to be whatever. And when you, as a defense, are not getting stops, you force them to punt the first two times, and then after that, I think the men only punted again in the fourth quarter. So you're not getting stops. Will you have to what can you have to tell Tom Brady? Why are you running up to him after to have something to say? But that note brings me back again on the rest. So remember, we always say that it's not the man that does, but the man that retaliates that usually get caught. So one of the Kansas City, I can't remember, I think it was the defensive layman, the offensive layman from Tampa Bay had him holding and chucked him. Jensen. I think it yeah. was Jensen. Yeah. And then he, he, so he turned around, he chucked him back and got 15 yards. Okay, fine. We know that that's how that's usually play out. So we have Tyrone Matthew running up to Brady. John, <clears throat> God knows why. Only he, could, only he could tell us why he was doing something so stupid. But anyhow, so he says what he has to say, and he's running away. And the refs throw a flag because apparently what he did was worth 15 yards, right? Brady breaks off his run, heading off the field, and runs behind him to start up even more noise, to which their players have to come and refs have to come again in between and get everybody separated. So, remember, I just said, it's not he who does, but he who retaliates and gets caught. 
that usually gets the penalty. So why does Matthew get 15 and Brady get nothing? That is just something to ponder because I can't figure it out. And then the other thing that had me too. So we had the situation where uh, the ball was not catchable for Gronk in the back of the end zone. However, apparently that was worthy of a hold. But then in the fourth quarter, we are in the fourth quarter now, we have a Kansas City Chief wide receiver who runs to the back of the end zone, does a little shimmy, and then breaks to what would be the quarterback's left. And the defensive back in the end zone hooks his arm and pulls him. It was a clear pull. But the rest don't see it. The rest don't call it. But you always calling this in the first half, though. So apparently, it, to me, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. I was in my house, in my living room, watching the game. But it seemed as if things that were being called in the first half were being called in the second half. And I don't understand it. I would never understand it. But at the end of the day, these calls are non-calls. Well, I mean, the calls in the first half, especially putting the, the, the Buccaneers at the one, which allowed Jones then to run it in. That would have helped to swing the game. But by the second half, no, the game is over. What do you mean? A, a Jones to attempt to run it. Remember, he didn't make that. That was the one they did. I don't think they, they didn't score off of that, off of that, right? Oh. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the one the one that where they ended up at the, at yes, the, at the one yard. Yeah. Jones yeah. didn't, because remember, it was a goal line stand. Yeah, and the then stuff after, time. Correct. Because after that, after that, I was I was thinking to myself, Y'all done messed up. No, Tampa Bay. I was saying Tampa Bay. Yeah, y'all done messed up. No, you can't. You can't not take these opportunities. And I was a little upset with Jones because he didn't even attempt to extend. Bro, this is a Super Bowl. Do everything you can. Like leap into the air if you must. Do what you need to do. They were, not they, once but twice the man was stopped. If I remember yeah. correctly. And and after that he was he was sorry. Let me just finish this. After that he was marginalized throughout the game. We, we saw more for that after that. To be quite honest. But you, but a couple, well, a few weeks ago, you got here and you blind Higgins because Higgins got extended the ball that got knocked out of his hand. There yeah, was because the reason why is because Higgins didn't have his balance. If, if, um, to compare the situations, if it was that Ronald Jones was like slipping and falling to the ground, I would not be saying, all right, you should extend. I'm saying he has the ball, he's running full steam. Like do do what what you expect um a running back to do it. If you see the the area crowded, you can't get through the 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 that slot. Like take go over the top, go over the top. But in this case, he had his balance. He's running head on. That's different to my issue with Higgins was that he was trying to do that while he didn't even have his own footing. That that was my issue. So it's not is that's apples and oranges there. The one we're trying no, to put that one on me. No, the reason. The reason why I brought that back up, right? Because you're saying that that um, Jones should have tried to extend the ball, but I remember those tackles that he got though. He got hit. He got hit square up here. He, did, he, did. he didn't get hit around his legs that he could say, "Okay, I can I can move my hands and, and try to raise this ball." He has he the ball tucked in and trying to to burrow, and he's getting hit on his arms. The minute that he raises his hands. To try to extend that football, that football is getting knocked out of his hand. And you are going to come on here today 
and cuss him out for not protecting the football. He had he he could not extend. He could have tried to jump, yes, but somebody which is fair. Which is fair. My my issue was more uh, that, that's why I was I was more hopping on the fact that he he could have went over the top. To to be fair, I mean, maybe maybe I was a little harsh uh, about extending because you're right. Based on where he got hit, he 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 had no opportunity to be able to extend his arm. You're absolutely correct. I feel like he could have gone over the top though. And Maybe. I feel like, and, and, and I also believe that Bruce Arias probably thought the same thing because after that, we saw more of Leonard Fournette and, and Jones was, really came in when the game was already essentially done and dusted. Yep. Now, remember, I had told you that for me, if I, I have always felt like if the Chiefs, as long as the score was within 17 points, of course, with enough time on the, on the clock, then the Chiefs could always come back and make a game of it and more than let you win because... There are very few offenses that can put up points in bunches like Holy Chiefs could, except for last night. But when Leonard Fournette takes that ball and runs it in at the in their first drive of the third quarter, you will remember that my next message after that was it is done. Because at that yeah. point now, yeah. it is 19 points. And it is less than a half to go. On top of that. As we've already elucidated, the Chiefs could not stop Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's offense was basically getting to do whatever it felt like. And the Chiefs' offense, the offensive line could not protect Mahomes, so Mahomes could not really do anything. And I feel like we also need to mention the fact that there were some drops. These guys were sloppy. They were sloppy. They were, I, 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 speak, talk, talk about it. Preach. It was and so I, I realize you have something to say. It was so frustrating. <laughs> it was it it was ridiculously frustrating. On the first drive, Travis Kelsey, who to me has proven himself to be the number one tight end in the league over the last three seasons. The ball hits him in his hands, though. The ball, not even I can't say it hits him in his hands. It hits his hands because as far as I remember, it hit the outside of his right hand when he went to make the catch. Okay, a defender is on your ankles. However, in the NFL, if the defender is on your ankles, you are open. Your hand, you are free to catch this ball because if Make he the gets there early, yeah. yeah, if he gets there early, then it's pass interference. But clearly, he wasn't early, so he didn't interfere with your ability to catch the ball, catch, catch the people ball, please. So he doesn't catch it. And to me, that was the, like, the most egregious drop that I had for the entire night. We had Tyree Hill, who well, had... Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams' one was really bad, too. The one in the end. <laughs> <I'm... laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not enjoying this as much as it may seem, but it's, I'm just remembering the players as, as we're talking about them. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You were talking about... Um, who was the next one? Tyree Hill. <laughs> no, yeah. Tyree Hill, Tyrese Hill dropped. To be fair to him, was a little bit difficult because that ball came through a pretty tight window, and on the field, it looked like if the defender may have gotten like a touch on the ball or something, but the ball went through his hands and him straight in face, Garrett. Under normal, under every other circumstance, Terry Hill finds a way to come up with that ball. It didn't happen, but to your point before, Tampa Bay, their defense, they to me. 
their defense was the MVP of the game. I understood that Brady was going to get it, especially him having thrown three touchdowns in the first half. And no, no picks, correct? Yeah, and no picks. And he perf he perfectly managed the game. He perfectly managed the game. So I, I didn't do too much. It was yeah. I expected that he was going to get it, but for me, I would not have been upset if. One of the defensive stars, one of the defensive starters, one of those linebackers, especially if they had gotten the MVP, because that defense on a whole harassed Mahomes to no end, and there was and he he basically had no chance. But I, it it kind of reminded me of with regards to the MVP um, conversation. It kind of reminded me of our game against the Rams when we beat the Rams. Like our defense was really the MVP of that game. Our offense didn't do much. Like they, we, we really made one play, and that was Tom's throw to Gronk to, to set up the game, that game and then drive, essentially, mm-hmm. right? But you know, other than that, the game was a dud offensively. It was our defense that, that really won us that game, right? But mm-hmm. it was so hard to pick one individual. It, it ended up being Jules um, who got it. So it was kind of the same thing here because I feel like in every phase of the defense, Tampa Bay was efficient, and they kept their wits about them for the entire game. And speaking of defensive players, right, and, and I kind of need to stick this in here because you know that I'm not a fan of Tyreek Hill's histrionics, right? Yes, of course. I, I know, and you, you know that you know this is coming because I know you, and I'm pretty sure you, you know what the player I'm about to mention, right? Mm-hmm. When <laughs> when Anton Winfield got the the penalty, but 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 by this time the game was essentially over, right? It was done. It was done. So at while, while and I don't want it to come across as being biased, but to be quite honest, I understand completely why he did it, and I'm all for it. Normally, I don't like that sort of thing within the game. You know, I've, I've, and I've expressed this to you already, but in this case, I completely am for it because I'm looking at it from the perspective of if it, if it was me, and I feel like I would have done the same thing. This man threw up a, a deuces at you during the game, and and, and 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 you know one thing I, I had never realized it was Antoine Winfield on both of those plays. The the deuces was to Winfield and then the backflip was uh, when he was was trying to get back. It, both of them was him. So I completely understand, bro. Like Ryan Clark said this morning, life is about uh, is about getting your, your, your dues essentially. And I I am all for it. I don't care. I I don't even care. I I appreciate the fact that he waited until it was essentially a, a, a foregone conclusion that, all right, we're, we're, we're champs here. We've won this game. To put it up, I'm all for it. I love it. I love it. The way no, it said. No, the thing is, right, no, you and I have differed quite often on this whole, you know, like somebody showing off or showboating or whatever. You have patently said that you are ne- you don't like it, you don't, you don't believe that it should be the game or whatever, right? I understand. I mean, like, yeah, you can't eradicate it because it's down to the individual, right? But I just don't like to see men doing it in the course of the game. I understand that because the NFL has an image to protect and they don't want men fighting on the field, that if you do it, that they can give you a 15-year penalty, right? However, this me here talking, I love all of it. I am here for <laughs> it all. Whenever, wherever, you... Tyree Hill... Burned that man for 213 yards in the first quarter. In the, in the game that they played, I think it was back in week nine or week 12. I can't remember what it was. Exactly. So, yeah, somewhere early. Somewhere early. 
So I mean, if you're beating if you're beating a man's butt that convincingly, well, I I don't have a problem with you trying not to deuce. Tyree Hill got fined for trying not to deuce, so my man changed his gloves so that when he holds his hand up, it would show the deuce in his hand. I, that I did not know. Yeah, yeah, dude, because all the time he ran in, I just turned up the deuce, and then yeah. the rest, the rest had a problem with it, right? So the my mind changed the gloves, so it was a yellow glove. But within the yellow glove, when he hold his hand up like this, it showed <coughs> throwing up the deuce with some black markings on it. It was creative. I loved it. So yeah, that's that's actually creative. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when 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 you're getting when you're getting thoroughly outplayed and beaten, though, on the other hand. The game was already gone, and Winfield, I mean, he didn't even try to hide it. When yeah. I tackled him, look him in his face. Waited, waited for him to, 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 look to, up. to catch himself and, and look up, correct. Look up, and yeah, catch, take this. 15 years, I, whatever. No, it doesn't it. matter. So I, I love loved it. it. I mean, it was frustrating for me to sit down and watch that game. And as we have said before, like, my level of allegiance that has grown over these last couple of years to the Chiefs, I really wanted the Chiefs to win. But they didn't do enough. They deserved to lose. And a loss. I mean, the game was not even close. I'm glad that my wife didn't sit down with me to watch the majority of that game because she would have felt my frustration and it was not a spectacle to watch. Just like that halftime show. So, Ooh, well, yeah. Boy, I, well, yeah. We so we we're usually on opposing sides when it comes to these discussions, right? Yes. But you and I had a mouthful about this last night. Yes. Because we're on the same page here. That was not a performance. Nope. That that was a man singing. It was him yes. singing, and I don't want to hear any excuse about oh well he's not that type of performer or I don't want to hear none of that. If if you knew what was going to like, it's, it's not like they called you last minute, yo. Um, come and perform at the Super Bowl. All right, cool. I said no home doing nothing. I can't go. And what time I go? Come no, nah, nah. This this they were prepping for this for weeks. They had yes. a stupid Pepsi commercial that was hyping us all up. Um, yes. with with people singing his song and all kind of things. Yes, and then, bruh, and this is what I waited weeks for to see that. One of the highlights for the neutral coming into the Super Bowl told them the ads because the ads are always hilarious. And the halftime show, regardless of who it is. disappointing to me, though, but, yeah. So, so, when you, when you are the weekend, and apparently, it has come up where it says that he paid $7 million of his own money to, to create this halftime show, right? If you are coming to the people, no, let's be fair, he sounded good. He, he did so bad. Did. He did. Yeah. The singing wasn't an issue. It was just a lack of... I recognize that he has a lot more songs that I know. And I generally don't go... I don't really check too heavy into the whole pop music thing, to be honest. But he has a lot more songs than I recognize I knew. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know he said it. But in terms of spectacle, you expect a certain degree of spectacle for the halftime show. That is no, you're on the nose. That is exact. That's the, that's the exact word. I was just thinking, the, the, where where was the spectacle? There was absolutely like a show is supposed to have some form of 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 spectacle. Like just one, just give me one. 
I just want one. Exactly. No, you don't have to come out there and dance like Bruno Mars. You don't. You don't have to come out there and 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 shake it like Jello. We don't need to have a replay of Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. All we want is something that is visually spectacular. Like, okay, so you have all of this production on stage, but we hardly ever see the production on stage. The, the camera's on you all the time and you're not really doing anything. Then you go into this, this room looking area thing that you're trying to give all of this motion sickness because all you're doing is spinning around and you have the camera spinning around you all the blessed well time. So it's like, sir, what are you doing? And then we have we have the dancers, okay. And I don't know about you, but I'm accustomed when we're watching like a Super Bowl halftime show or whatever. And we have performers who are going in and out and you, you, you miss them for like a, a 30 seconds and they come back out. At least they probably made some sort of wardrobe change or something. They did something sure. to justify the time that they were gone. Yeah, so that yeah, when yeah. you come yeah, back out now, you see them again. It's like, okay, that's visually interesting. There, there was so little of, of that last night. I was I was underwhelming. thoroughly was underwhelming. disappointed yeah. by that halftime show. I, 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 I agree. I completely. I, it was just, uh, it, it was underwhelming. Like I said, it was just, I, uh, we know the guy could sing. The singing was never going to be the issue, but like we said, it's supposed to be a performance. That the key word here is performance. Yes, it wasn't a performance. The man was singing. He could have. I, I feel like we could have just saw a live feed of him singing from his basement with a with a Pepsi background uh, uh, or something like that. Like that. He didn't necessarily. He didn't have to come to the stadium to do that. Exactly. To just sing. Le the the only thing that he could have done that was less than that was if he had a single microphone and a single spotlight above his head. And he just stood up and sang and, and just like moved the microphone left and right. That, anyhow, enough of him and that. <laughs> so, no, the last thing I wanted to highlight from this game was the coaches. The first ever Super Bowl where we had two black offensive coordinators. I mean, Black History Month, history was made in this, in this Super Bowl, was made in this season. But we had two... Black offensive head, offensive coordinators coming into the game. I must give props to Bruce Arians. No, I have not necessarily been the biggest Bruce Arians fan throughout his career. I enjoyed his time in Arizona. I didn't necessarily like what was happening when he had Jameis last year in Tampa Bay. However, have to give credit where credit is due. He has the most eclectic collection of coaches in the entire NFL. He has a black OC. He has a black DC. He has his assistant head coach and run game coordinator, Harold Goodwin. We almost never hear his name. Another black man. And his special teams coordinator, Keith Armstrong. He has four African-American head coaches, well, African-American coaches on his staff. He is the only coordinator that has had two female coaches full-time employee and full-time coaches on his staff. And that is um, Maral Javadifar. She's the assistant strength and conditioning coach. And Lori Locas, who's the assistant defensive line coach. So we have to give 
credit where credit is due. And we can always then look back at this collection and say that he didn't, he didn't do it to score bony points. Because obviously, these coaches know what they're doing. And these coaches were much of the reason, much of the reason why Tampa Bay are champions today. Because he hasn't been calling the place as the head coach. He has not, he has an offensive coordinator that has done great things for him. And like, to show how great these coaches have been is a complete indictment on the NFL. Because we've gone through the entire hiring cycle. We haven't really gotten into the whole Rooney Rule thing. But clearly, the Rooney Rule is not, is not working as intended. The NFL has done whatever it can to try its best to encourage these owners and these teams to hire minority coaches. Not necessarily just black coaches, but minority coaches. And that has not happened. They even went so far to say, if you develop a coach and he is taken from your organization and hired by another one that will give you a third-round pick, nobody don't want these third-round picks. So, I didn't... As, as an organization, I feel like in this regard, sorry to cut you, but no, just, just to weigh in. No, as an organization, I agree. I feel like the NFL organization itself has been trying they have been putting incentives in place especially like as you just pointed out to to try and encourage you know uh, but at the same time the fact that this is a closed league this is 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 privately owned you can't force the the, the owners to, to hire the, to hire these people you can't force them but you can at least say look you, you need to interview and, and look if you hire somebody in in this capacity you, you're getting this pick and also but Men just, like you say, the men just don't want to take it. They just don't, they're not biting on it. I mean, we had the whole Colin Kaepernick situation where he decided that he was going to trade a Sudi dig for collusion. And he made a settlement out of court. Kaepernick still, Kaepernick will never get back into the league. We, we, yeah, we understand that. But the others that will point to every single quarterback opening and say, but, you know, what about Kaepernick? I think that is about time that they give that a rest. It's an exercise in futility. Been, been a while. Yeah, he is, we know he's not getting back into the league, regardless of whatever may happen in the future. Mm-hmm. However, outside of the situation that they have with Kaepernick, the situation that they have with these coaches is still a problem. Right now, we got three minority head coaches in the league. We have um, Robert Sala, who just got hired with the Jets. We have Mike Tomlin, who is over with the Steelers, who for some reason, every year we're keeping hearing somebody say, oh, Tomlin's on the hot seat. This is the year that Tomlin gets fired. And then what does he do? And then he comes back and wins the AFC North. So we could give that one a rest. And then we have uh, Ron Rivera with the Washington football team. And Brian, well, Brian, Brian Flores too. With Brian, Brian Flores with Miami. So we have, we got four minority coaches, not three. We have four minority coaches in the league of 32 teams. Now, I, I told myself I was just going to do a little quick research to see what was happening here. And somebody had made mention of if you wanted to give more opportunities for these black coaches, 
or black coaches to be interviewed, especially for these ones who are with the best organizations in the league. You, the whole thing was that you cannot interview a coach while his team is still in the playoffs or when they're preparing for games. Right. You don't want to create a distraction. So how about we then hold off on all hirings at the end of the season until after the season? You have the Super Bowl, and then today it will be like the beginning of free agency where now you can make a run on all the coaches that you want to and have these guys come in and interview. So we have Todd Bowles. He was the assistant coach of the year in 2014 with Arizona when he was their defensive coordinator. Then he was the head coach with the Jets from 2015 to 2018. He leaves there and he goes then to Tampa Bay as the defensive coordinator. And he brings the defense for the Buccaneers from being ranked 29th in 2019 to being ranked 8th in 2020 and is the Super Bowl champion. We have uh, Byron Lefwich, who was the offensive coordinator in Arizona. He took over in October and he was OC until the end of the season in 2018. But he had Josh Rosen as quarterback. So obviously nobody's going to expect that that's going to really go anywhere because all Josh Rosen has been right now is a journeyman backup who sees the field from the sideline just like me and you. Then he goes to Tampa Bay and all he has done is have a top five offense. It's been ranked third 2019 and 2020. Jameis throws for 5,000 yards last season and 33 touchdowns. Tom Brady throws for 4,600 yards and 40 touchdowns this season. And he does not get a call for an interview. We have Bienemy over on the other side. Offensive coordinator with the Chiefs since 2018. Sixth overall in 2020, first in yards. Fifth overall in 2019, six in yards. 2018, first overall in everything. And he's a Super Bowl champion. But he can't get a look in on the interview. What are we doing? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I feel like it's, it's, it is an indictment on the, on, on the league and the other GMs around the league. Because I feel like, especially in the enemy's case, right? Despite how well Kansas City does offensively, you always hear about it being Andy Reid, the, the great uh, offensive mind of Andy Reid and the great coaching of Andy Reid and whatnot. Uh, I, I feel like they spin, they move the goalposts in that regard and spin the narrative to put everything on Andy Reid. Um, and, and this is not taken away from Andy Reid because I myself, um, I'm a fan of, of Andy Reid and what he has done. And I think he's, he is a brilliant coach. But at the same time, I agree that I don't think enough credit is given to the enemy, especially when it comes to these situations where you are looking at like coordinators getting hired every which way. Like, like you, like we spoke about a couple of weeks back, Dan Campbell, like who the heck is Dan Campbell, a tight ends coach to get a head coaching job, you know? But but when it comes to the the, the minority coaches, it's just it, it's just always something the goalposts always move. It's, it's just always an, another issue. Yeah, and I mean, to, to highlight this, we have um, Doug Peterson, who was an Andy Reid assistant. He got the head coaching job with the Eagles. You got Frank Wright, 
who was an assistant as well that went with Peterson. He got the head coaching. He has the head coaching job right now with the Colts. Mm-hmm. Matt Nagy, who was another assistant, he is the head coach of the Chicago Bears. But for some reason, the enemy. And it, and I remember I saw Bomani Jones make this point. It's not to say, like, if, like, we can't just be harping on one coach. We can't be just harping on one black coach. Yeah. Because to make it just about this one guy then diminishes everybody else. So Leftwich, as I may mention, of he has had a top five offense every year that he's been down in Tampa. And he gets no he, he gets less credit than the enemy does. And it's ridiculous. But anyhow, I think we we have covered quite a bit from the Super Bowl. There may be other things that we could talk about, but we can leave the Super Bowl. I'm happy to leave the Super Bowl in the review mirror. I, I ordered a goat mask and I didn't get in yet. I, I glass. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> I am happy. I did not get in. What a goat mask walk. Anyhow. <laughs> pulling the uncle, pulling the uncle Shea. Uncle Shea. Mm. Anyhow, we can we can move on. So there are some other happenings, other things going on in the NFL. And one of the, the biggest stories, we touched on it briefly last week, was this whole conversation about Carson Wentz. And now we are hearing that Carson Wentz has put in a transfer request. He has asked to be trading out of Philadelphia. And Adam Schefter has come out and said that the expectation is that Wentz will be traded this week. However, he also said that Philadelphia is looking for an equivalent package to what was given for Stafford. Now, by your reaction, you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking, that there is no way that this happens. I mean, I yeah, I, and I reacted to this in, in one of the chats as well. Like, I saw something about getting a first rounder back. Like, and I've I've always been one to defend Carson Wentz on his talent, right? Mm-hmm. I still think the guy's talented. I, I think he has, but the reality is he has been in a decline. Mm-hmm. So after the year he has just had, to put this bluntly, what first round pick Harry Roseman could want? What first round pick what? After the year that Carson Wentz just had, where the man led the league in, in, in picks and didn't even play the entire season? Bruh, stop it, hobby. Read the room. Read but the room. But, but, I mean, it's, but it's not even to say that he just wants a first round pick. Remember that the, the, the deal for Stafford was a number one overall pick. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was Jared Goff, but it was a number one overall pick. Plus, first round picks for the next... Yeah. Two seasons and a third. The one thing that Stafford, well, a couple things that Stafford had has in his bucket in his locker that supersedes anything that Wentz has, is that Stafford has been healthy. Wentz is not. Stafford has a manageable contract. Wentz does not. That's another thing. That's another thing. 
I, I, does Howie know that he needs to 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 grease somebody's palms to, to take our somebody's off of his hands? Apparently not. <laughs> no, Apparently you, you, got not. To, you, you have to sweeten the spot, Howie. You need to throw something else inside there. Nobody ain't taking customers after that season with this contract, bruh. Exactly. Bruh. Look, Jared Goff, who is younger than Vince, they had to give they had to give up the farm to get that contract out of there. There's no way. <laughs> there is there is no way. Somebody else that apparently is getting a lot of interest is Sam Darnold, your boy, as you like to call him, Sammy Spitz. Sammy Spitz. Good old Sammy Spitz. <laughs> Good old Sammy Spitz. Like, so like, like I was saying in the group regarding him, with his situation, I feel like there is... They, he, he is a talented quarterback. He is talented. He may be very limited as well, but he is talented. And I don't feel like he has been allowed the opportunity to showcase that because he's been gassed. And we know how that goes, right? So looking around, I, I'm, I'm of the impression that the other GMs are seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. I'm no GM, but I, I believe that they're thinking, you know what, he was in a bad situation. And the, the fact as well, and, and, and this may be, uh, uh, I should have prefaced this with this statement, this may be the most important fact. He's still on a rookie contract as well. No, mm -hmm. I do not believe that Sam Donald goes anywhere else at this point and starts, like, is an automatic starter in a team. At best, at best for him, he will challenge whoever is the starting quarterback at, at another team. But at worst, he, he goes sit as backup and wait for the other guy to mess up on his rookie contract. And, you know, but it is, is he's not going to get, like, a big... I, I honestly don't believe that, that he's going to get, like, a big deal and... He'll be the face of some other franchise or whatever the case is. That that that's not going to happen. Don't believe it. I think that there is a likelihood, there is a possibility for him, depending on where he lands, that he could be a starter. It, all, it depends heavily on where he lands, but he could he if he were to go to Chicago with the counterbalance that they currently have, he could start. He could be the I still, don't believe, I still don't believe he'd be automatic. I still believe it would be it probably it would, would be a competition. Be here. Yeah, yeah. It would it would be a little competition between him and Miss. Because as, as talented as I do think he is, even pre-Gase, um, when it was um who was there before? Bulls, Todd Bulls. It was Todd Bulls. It was Todd mm -hmm. Bulls, right. So even in, in the Bulls time, I I don't I I his his numbers don't necessarily say, okay, well, yeah, this is a, a franchise-leading quarterback. And and mind you, yes, he's, this is what his fourth, is this his fourth year? Yeah, he's in it's his fourth year now. Correct. So to be quite fair, he's had enough time to prove that, right? Because Gase was two years. So he still had two years outside of that. The rookie year wasn't bad, but it, his numbers have not been overwhelming. And he hasn't necessarily shown anything in the field of play to suggest that, yeah, he is a like a transcendent sort of talent or anything like that. So I, I I'm still I, I I I can't see him just going and walking into a spot. It would even even in, in the case of Mitch Trubisky, he would still have to go here and and, and through the OTAs or in the offseason or whatever, have to duel it out with Mitch to try and get that started. I, I can't see Sam Sam Donald starting at another team in week one. He I guess he'll have to prove me wrong, but I I'm not seeing it. No, no, here is where my counter to that argument would be. 
So we just said that Darnold has been gassed, right? The main reason why Todd Bowles, well, one of the main reasons, the Jets weren't very good, especially in that last season, they went at 4 and 12. So Todd Bowles was always going to be fired. But one of the main reasons why Adam Gase got hired was because he was supposed to be this quarterback whisperer. Todd Bowles, as the defensive-minded head coach, was not considered to be doing a good enough job in developing Darnold. So he had his rookie season with Bowles. He didn't do very good. Then he has Gase for two years. And he was Gase. So from that perspective... He has shown glimpses. He has shown that there is talent there. He just needs the correct environment for it to come out. Clearly, the Jets are not it. So I believe, that's why I believe that if he were to be traded and he were to go to Chicago, no, you said he might have to be battling against Trubisky. But remember, right now, Trubisky is a free agent as well. Chicago has not picked up his option. Didn't pick up the option, yeah. And right now, Darnold is heading into his option year. This is year number four for him. So whichever team that gets him, they would have the option to extend him for a further year. They would have basically two years to develop him or determine if he's good enough to keep or if they just cut bait with him and let him go. So depending on where he goes, and to me, Chicago is a prime landing spot for him. I mean... We don't know what Matt Nagy is going to do necessarily. He has been great one year and not that good next. But we'll see. We'll see what happens where that is concerned. Another name that came up, I saw it shortly before we came on here. Um, so the Las Vegas Raiders. Remember, we had some conversations about Derek Carr because. Right. It right. doesn't seem like if that the head coach is his biggest fan. However, news has come out that the Raiders have no intention of trading away Derek Carr, but they're willing to listen to conversations from Marcus Mariota. Yeah, they're they're willing to to consider moving Mariota, and yeah, but remember too, Mariota he signed a two year deal last offseason. So they have him under contract for one more year. Right. He, If he is available, I can see that there would be some queries about his services. Because especially when he came in, in relief of care, he looked good. He looked productive. So we can see, we can see where that goes. Um, another name that came up today that the expectation is that he's going to move. This is not a quarterback this time, but a cornerback, Patrick Peterson. So Patrick Peterson, apparently he ben, and... Ben should have left the Cardinals, though, but... Yeah. However, it seems like if no way it's time. He and Cardinals um, brass have had some disagreements. I think he was... He's out of contract this season. And the expectation is no, that he is going to leave the Cardinals as a free agent. No, of course, with a player of Patrick Peterson's history, the question would always be where is he going to land? And when I say history, I don't mean like if he has had off the field issues. He has been one of the premier corners in the NFL for a while. However, we are now 
in 2021, heading to 2022. Mm -hmm. He has not been that guy for a little bit. So, fine under the radar. Well, let me not say fine under the radar. He has, it's been a little decline. It has been a little decline. Yeah. So, there are some teams over there that are going to be looking for um, some secondary help, but still do a job though. And it's yeah, definitely yeah. our team. I mean he he ain't worse than Brashad Breland, so well when you put it that way, that might be a prime line spot for him. And at, at 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 his age with his experience, I can't see him wanting anything less than a chip at this point. I can't well, see it. So if 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 he has the opportunity to go to a team of that caliber uh, that that's to me that's where he lands. If, well, if, if if someone comes in for him, yeah. It would be good for him to land someplace like there. However, Peterson and Matthew are both undersized. Peterson is no longer as fast as he used to be. And yeah, the the, the division that the Chiefs are in, we got the Broncos, we got the Raiders, we got the Chargers. So he may be able to hold his own in that within the division. But when it comes to playoff time, when he's going up against that like we would expect the Bills to be back there again, that may be a bit of a problem. So we'll see. We'll see. That's this is definitely one to monitor. And then I think the last one that I, I really wanted us to talk about, Richard Sherman. So, you know, Richard Sherman, he's had his injury issues recently. You know, he's he's come back from a torn Achilles and, and, and other stuff. And he came out this week and said he wants to play for two more years. However, as we, we talked about the Las Vegas Raiders, that one John Gruden. John Gruden... Yeah, you 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 said you didn't you didn't know this. Yeah, so like you, yeah, you you were mentioning this to me off before we got on. So I, I need to hear the story because I know nothing about this. So talk to me. What did Chucky do this time? So John Gruden is out there looking to give the NFL back some of the money that he has been that he got that big contract from the from the Raiders. He just decided that he wanted to surrender some of it, and he will have to know. That's at the base of it. That's what you have. He will have to know that this is what he wants to do. Because Chucky went on um, a podcast, similar to what we're doing here. He went talking to Chris Collinsworth. No, you know how you and I, we can get here and we can say, oh, we want this boy, this player, or this other person that may be under contract. We want, you know, we've, we've gone on record to say that, you know, both of us would like for our teams to be able to pick up Deshaun Watson. But we're not employees of the team, so we can go here. We can say anything we want. We can we can literally do whatever we feel like, and there's no rules that are going to come after us. However, John Gruden goes on Chris Collinsworth podcast, and he said, "No, I'm going to I'm going to read it here. I'm actually looking at the Pro Football Talk, the NBCSports.com article, where it says John Gruden's comments to Richard Sherman are, and I quote." Blatant tampering. And this was posted by Mike Florio on the 3rd of February. It says Chris Collins worth trade. He tried to keep Raiders coach John Gruden from potentially committing a tampering violation. Gruden didn't seem to care. So 
I'm just going to skip down a little bit. And this is what Collinsworth said to, to Gordon. I know there's tampering rules out there, and I don't want to bring up anything that might create a problem for you because I know that you've been fined a few shekels over the years. You would think that if the man says he calls tampering, it's not like if he's not like trying to angle around it or he's you not know, trying to solve something, he puts it out there. You know, we got to be careful what you, you, what you say here because this could be a problem for you. But Gruden says, yes, I have. I've been fined. I've been punished very, very harshly. If he had stopped there, it would be fine. But no, then he goes on to say, Richard Sherman, calls him by name. If you are a free agent, which there is a rumor you are, we are looking for an alpha presence in our secondary. Somebody that could play this hot three-press technique with the read step. If you are available and interested, maybe you and I can get together at some point off here. Is my serious? <laughs> you serious? I, I'm, I'm, I'm still taking this in. Um, <laughs> this was this was either one of the most ridiculous and and dumbfounding things that Chucky has ever done, or the on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, the most brilliant. <laughs> I. <laughs> This could this, no, you this gotta could explain to me the brilliant. You gotta explain to me the brilliance. Brilliant, brilliant, in, in, brilliant, uh, brilliant in terms of by doing this. He, he, he. I mean, is he? He put his words out there. He put the interest out there for Richard Sherman to let him know, <laughs> to, to to let him know exactly what the situation is. He said exactly what it was. They need an alpha presence, and he 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 then even goes on to explain uh, on what it it is. That Sherman can, he believes Sherman can contribute to in the field of play, right? So he put it all out there, and and he has to know that a fight is around the corner. But it's like, all right, you know what? I've been stealing money from the NFL and from um, whoever it was I was broadcasting with before for all this while. I could I could afford to give some back to them. <laughs> so cl cl clearly, the shekels mean nothing to him, and. It, like, like I said, it's either the dumbest or it's the most brilliant thing that he's done. It, I, I, it, we need to wait to see how this plays out because if, if Richard Sherman ends up being a Las Vegas Raider next season, I, I, all, I, all I could do is look back at this and just laugh. And I was like, all right, well, Chucky, you did it. You did it. You did it. So, 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 so here, here what for the, we got to do this here for the people, right? So just in case that they don't know. Um, the from page five of the NFL's anti-tampering policy it says any public or private statement of interest qualified or unqualified in another club's player to that player's agent or representative or to a member of the news media is a violation of this anti-tampering policy an example would be he's an excellent player and we'd very much like to have him if he were available, but another club holds his rights. I'm still reading from that Florio article. Seguna so went farther than that. His comments presume Sherman already is a free agent. He isn't. He is remains under contract with the 49ers until March 17th, 
when the new league year begins and he then becomes a free agent. Now, the interesting thing about this is that there have been varying levels of penalties dished out for tampering in the past. We've had teams be fined for tampering. Teams have lost draft picks for, for tampering. And I, it escapes me, but I heard that one particular team lost a third round pick and a, and a sixth round pick. They lost two picks in one draft because of tampering. I think it was the Chiefs that lost these picks or lost at least one pick for Jeremy Macklin when Macklin was still mm. with the okay. Eagles. So, as you said, it may be the stupidest thing he's ever done, or up there, or it may be one of the most brilliant things he's ever done. However, when the stakes are as high as this, where you can lose two draft picks for tampering, there's nothing, there, there, there is no smartness about this. He, as an experienced head coach, knows better. And the NFL should throw the buck at him for this. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I didn't I didn't consider the fact that um he could potentially lose draft picks because of it. But like I said, <laughs> if if he really wants Richard Sherman that bad, because he the, like this is this was orchestrated, this is premeditated. You can't tell me that that he did not know what he was going to do. I, because I'm, I, I, I also have to believe that Chris Collinsworth would have briefed him on what was going to be discussed beforehand. So he mm -hmm. knew the topics, he knew what would come up. So the fact that he still said this with, with uh, the, the fact that a man formed emote to say these words, he knew what was going to happen, Ken. He knew what was going to happen. So I, it, if, if he wants Richard Sherman that badly, then clearly he don't care about no draft picks. He ain't getting about the draft base. He just want Richard Sherman. So, like I said, I'll wait to see how this plays out. If Rich, if he does get Richard Sherman, I, I, it, either way, either way, you know what? This is a laughable situation for me because wh whether it is dumb or brilliant, it it is it, it is a hoot. This is a hoot. I love it <laughs> <laughs> because I can't I can't wrap my head when someone does something this blatant. Ken, I cannot like. There's a part of me that has to believe. All right, well, you know what this. This has to be some, some evil, uh, um, like master stroke genius sort of plan. I, I, I can't honestly believe that that is just a person being that clueless. So I have to, at this point, I, I'm, I'm going to be on the fence about it until we see how this plays out. Well, I know that this is, this is direct recklessness. And as we see back in the Caribbean, this was pure worthlessness. <laughs> And he gonna have to take whatever can don't truly pipe. Agreed, though. Agreed. Agreed. If 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 he was to lose picks on it, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against it. I I wouldn't I wouldn't argue against it. Agreed. Mm -hmm. No, um my closing thought for this week, it would echo a lot of some of the things that we've discussed before. But as we mentioned with the black coaches. And the female coaches who now are able to put their, have their name written in history as Super Bowl champions, it goes a long way 
for the future. We've had, or I should say we have now, a woman of color who sits in the second highest office in this country. We now have assistant head coaches in the NBA, Becky Hammond, she comes to mind. We have assistant coaches now in the NFL. We have women who are ascending to positions that they previously never would have even had a shot. Well, you mentioning women as opposed to just that. You remember last night was also history in terms of it was the first time a Super Bowl had a female line judge, I think it was. Indeed. So, I mean, women have come a long way in society. And I personally am happy to see just how far they have come. There's a lot further that they can go because we never know where this may end up. We, Becky Hammond, whenever Popovich decides that he's done coaching, she may become the head coach. We, we don't know. We are yet to see like these, this collection of great African-American coaches get an opportunity. But we know that Andy Reid, he's an old boy, chances are he may decide that he will step down in a couple of years and the enemy might just be waiting in the wings. Same thing could happen in Tampa because we know that Arians, he was the oldest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl. So that may give them an opportunity for either Bulls or for um, Leftwich to take that spot. Or it could be that the two of them may just, you know, continue to work together as OC in DC. And one of them would just, you know, have to mind the clock and stuff like that. But as far as, as much as there are things that still need to be changed and still need to be fixed, society-wise as well, not just for people of color, but for women of all races, we can see that we have had some progression there has been some steps towards a much better a much more equitable future and we can only hope that this that this momentum that they've created it doesn't stop here it just keeps on going so nothing to add to that eloquently stated and i completely agree so nothing more to add there yeah thank you so folks this has been green beige number six i think I have to check the numbers, but that is AJ. This is Ken. It has been, it has been our pleasure. His more so than mine. We will see you next time. Like, subscribe, 